I don't know if y'all are excited about today, but I am. I hope so. I'll be honest with you, I just, I don't even really know where to start at today. Y'all, we're here at the end of uh, 2023. And if none of y'all have thought about this, I will share this with y'all. If you don't know what today's date is, it's 123123. So just so you'll know. We'll, ne we'll never see that again. But as I was thinking about today and the sermon today and everything, and we've just celebrated the birth of our Savior. We've seen the announcement to Zechariah and Elizabeth. We've seen the shepherds and we've seen the wise men. And as I, as I thought about that, the Lord, where do you want us to go? And he showed me this. And I thought about this. As we are approaching a new year and a new season at Gospel Baptist Church, do we do it in anticipation? The anticipation of the second coming of our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and our salvation. And what his plans are for us Till that day. Today, we're going to look at two people who were waiting and watching for the Messiah to come and how they lived while they were waiting. We're going to look at Simeon and Anna in Luke chapter 2. So if you want to be turning, that's where I'm going to be reading from, Luke 2. We're going to look at how that Simeon was anticipating the coming of the Messiah, how God promised him he would see the Messiah. How Simeon held on to that promise and how he lived for God, for, for the God of Israel. And how Simeon realized that promise. And then we're going to look at the widow by the name of Anna. Anna looked forward to the redemption of Israel. And we're going to see what she did while she was looking forward. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 25. And it says this in the Word of God. There was a man in Israel whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. And guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and praised God and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that we will be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of 
Phanuel of, of the tribe of Asher. And she was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and was, and was a widow for 84 years. And she did not leave the temple serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. And at that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Again, like I said, as we begin to think about closing out this year, this is what God showed me. And so you get it. So first, I want to take a look at Simeon. What, what did the scriptures say about Simeon? It said that Simeon was righteous and devout. And that he was looking forward to Israel's consolation. And the Spirit was on him. Now, when it says that Simeon was righteous, it's saying he was a just man who, was, who treated people rightly as one following the characteristics of God's laws. It's the same word used earlier that we heard about when it describes Zechariah and Elizabeth in Luke 1 and 6. It's the same word that is used in Romans 2 and 13 that describes Simeon that was not only a hearer of the law, but he was also a doer of the law. And it's also the same word that is used to describe the obedience of children to their parents in Ephesians 6 and 1. It is used to describe Simeon. And when it says that Simeon was devout, it means that Simeon was God-fearing. He had great respect and reverence for God. The same word is used three other times in the book of Acts. In Acts 2, Acts 8, and Acts 22. The word is used to describe individuals and groups whom feared, whom feared and, and followed the law of God. A law that Christ himself came to fulfill not destroy and as believers in Christ we are no longer under the curse of the law but we should remember Christ did give us commands to follow and I wonder today how many people really think about those commands think about what Jesus told his disciples to do in Matthew 28 when he told him to go, go to the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them those things I have commanded you. And another thing about Simeon we see is he looked forward. Now I want you to understand, listen to that word there. He looked forward. How many people today are looking forward in the new year? How many people are looking forward? in the new season in our church? How many of us are looking forward to the coming of our Savior? We should be, as Christians, we should be looking forward to that. And, and Simeon was, he was looking forward to this consolation, which is the fulfillment of the promise that he, that he had made to Israel many, many years back, way on back. And that consolation you know, when you think about the word consolation, it's something that means it's the comfort which eases grief and pain. See, Israel, they had been through times of, of, of captivity. They had been through hardships. Israel's ultimate hope, though, was the consolation that the Messiah would bring. The faithful were expectantly 
waiting for this. We see in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 9 through 11, it says, O Zion, that bring us good tidings. Get thee up into the high mountain, O Israel, that bring us good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold the Lord God will come, and with a strong hand his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd, and he shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosoms, and shall gently lead those that are with young. That was the promise they was looking for. That was the consolation they was looking for. And then I got to thinking about, as believers, what is, what is the consolation that we are looking for? And we see this, this consolation through the ministry of, of the proclamation of the gospel. Our, our consolation is the truth of the proclamation that Scripture gives us. If you look in, in Acts chapter 1, you remember when, when the, the disciples were standing there and Jesus was taken, out, taken off you know, up, into, up into the heavens and the angel came to those that were standing around there and, and it said this. And after he said this, he was taken up as they were watching and the cloud took him out of their sight. And while he was going, they were gazing to heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them, saying, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus, who has been taken unto heaven, will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. How many of us are looking to the eastern sky for Jesus to come back? With anticipation. We also... One of my favorite promises in, in the Bible from Jesus. John 14, beginning verse 1, it says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in, my, in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. And I have, that I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I'm going. What a promise there. What a promise from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that, that we as Christians, we should get a hold of, we should latch on to, and we should be anticipating that day. Because he said... I'm going away, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I love what he says. If it were not so, I would have told you. And he, and he goes on to say that, that again, I, I like repeating this. I love this scripture. And I'm going to come back one of these days, and I'm going to take you into myself, and there you will be with me also. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I don't know about you, but you know, a lot of old preachers say, if that don't excite you, you would's wet. That should excite us as Christians. And we should be like Simeon. We should be, be waiting with anticipation. Simeon was at the, at the temple and, and, and looking because he knew that, that, that God had promised him he would not see death until he saw the Savior. The anticipation of his coming is and should be a motivation for all believers to pursue godly lives in this world. I love what... Uh, Paul says in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1. I love the King James Version, okay? He says, I beseech you. In other words, he said, I beg you. 
Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We should be living for Christ. It's the most reasonable thing. It's, it's really the only thing that we can do that, that is reasonable is to live for him. That's what Simeon did. Simeon was a righteous man. He was a devout man. And we as Christians, we need to be striving to do that each and every day as we look and as we anticipate his coming. Just as the, the physical, uh, the physical, y'all ever get tongue-tied? Just as the physical and visible coming of the Messiah was a consolation to Simeon and the Jews who were looking forward to his coming, so should the anticipation of the physical and visible coming of the King, our Savior, Christ, be a consolation to all believers today and until his return. I want you to hear that. The physical coming of our King, of our Lord. I don't know who's King of your life. I don't know who Lord of your life. But if it ain't Jesus Christ, you're going to miss the boat. We need to be looking, watching. How can Simeon maintain this mindset of anticipation? You're thinking, how can I do that? It says the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit was on him. How many of us today ask God for more of his spirit? Christians today, we need to be on our knees. We need to be in prayer. We need to be looking into God's word. And we need to ask God, give me more. Give me more of you. And when, when he does that, let me tell you something. Other. We can look with anticipation the hope of the coming of Jesus Christ one of these days in that eastern sky. So that one of these days that we can be with him. We can have that excitement that, that Simeon had when he seen the Savior, when he seen the Messiah. I bet you old Simeon probably got a little happy. Wouldn't take much for me to do it either. This caused Simeon to have a yearning, a longing for the coming of the Messiah. I don't know how many of you today yearn and long for the coming of the Messiah. The Spirit got him to the temple at the same time the Messiah would be there. And my question to you is this. Do you, do we as a church desire or have the yearning for the return of Christ? Do you? And do we live a life as such in righteousness and devout living, looking forward to our consolation with the Holy Spirit living in us and guiding us? Do you live that way? We should. This is the most reasonable thing we can do. It's the most reasonable thing we should do as we look for the anticipating the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Having that hope. Next, then we have Anna. Anna was a prophetess. She was of the tribe of, of, of Asher, it says here in the Scripture. Now, we don't know a whole lot about them because uh, not many of them uh, came back after being taken captive into the Babylon. But Anna must have been pretty well 
known for Scripture to mention her in the tribe. But as we look at Anna and we observe her, and her looking forward to the redemption of Israel, what, what, what do we know about Anna and what was going on with her at this time? Well, one thing I realized first, the name Anna means grace. Grace. Anna was well up in years. It's, uh, it, it, when you add up probably how old she was, she was somewhere probably between 100 to 105 years old. Because it said she'd been married for seven years, years and she was a widow for 84 years. Most women in that time got married somewhere between the age of 13 to 18. So you kind of do the math. And when I thought about that, I thought about the fact, you know, that to her age was not a factor. She was serving the Lord. But why was she serving the Lord? I figured that probably since uh, she was there, she had learned from an early age about serving God. That's the reason I think it's so important that our children are in church and, and, and they're in Sunday school and, and they're learning about serving Jesus, learning who he is, learning what it means to be a Christian. And the adults too. She appears to be a devoted woman until her husband's death and even after his death because she continued to serve God all her days. She stayed in the temple serving day and night. Now some people said well, she, may have a she may have had a residence in the temple. She may have been there uh, you know, when, the, when the doors was open. But something I want you to note about uh, Anna and her being of the tribe of, of Asher. Now most women who became widows in their early 20s like Anna would have focused on finding another man to marry. Okay? Because really during that time, women, if they didn't have somebody to take care of, care of them, they was out of luck. They didn't have a man. But according to a lot of sources I read, her being of the, of the tribe of Anna, of Asher, and the, the women of this tribe were very beautiful, gifted, and talented. So if that's the case, and her being in her 20s, she shouldn't have had any problem finding another man. Okay? But I want you to see something about Anna. But instead, Anna served God. She served him. She trusted him. And apparently she never missed a service either. Y'all hear that one? She was constantly at worship. Ladies and gentlemen, we as Christians today need to be constantly at worship. She was always in a praying spirit. She gave herself to prayer. And in all things... She served God. Do we today as Christians, do we serve God in all things? Do we serve him uh, in our home? Do we, do we serve him in the workplace? Do we serve him uh, when we're out shopping? Do we, do we serve him when we go out to eat? Do we serve him when we come to church? We are instructed in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 6, 5, 16. He says, rejoice always. 
Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we, are, since we also have such a large cloud of witness surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And he did that so that where he is, that you and I can be there also. We as Christians today, we have been instructed to do these things. As we are waiting, anticipating the return of Jesus... You may be thinking, how can I do that? How can I do that in the day and time and the world that we live in? We have to be like Simeon and Anna. We have to be devoted. We have to be committed. And we've got to have the Spirit. Because He is the one. That it's going to guide us. We also see that, that Anna, she also fasted and prayed. Practices which could be performed by individuals apart from corporate worship. How many of us as Christians today do we do things outside of, of, of church? Corporate worship. Do we worship God? Do we serve God? Do we do the things that he has commanded us to do? Do you share your faith with other people once you're outside of these walls? Anna, led a disciplined life. And she taught others concerning him. She was sharing the good news, which is meant to be shared. And Anna shares it with everyone who was anticipating the Messiah. She was there in the temple. Remember, she was, she was, she was telling them there. Brother, but there it is. Lost it there, man. And, and as the widow, she did not leave the temple serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. And at that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about him to all who are looking forward to the redemption of Israel. She was speaking about it. You know, I, I see Anna, she could have been bitter at the loss of her husband. I mean, they'd only been married seven years. But Anna chose not to be bitter. Anna chose to serve the Lord. She, she chose to serve God. Folks, we have a choice to serve God or to serve the world. Let the world dictate our actions. Are we a Simon or Anna? No, but the thing about it was, she chose to serve God, and she chose to do it all the time. She wasn't no part-timer. She wasn't a part-timer. She was a full-timer. It's sad to say today that 
Sometimes we have part-time Christians. She was committed to the Lord. And she lived it with anticipation, looking for the redemption of Israel. Do we, do you today live with anticipation of the return of our King, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? That's a question you got to ask yourselves. That's a question you need to ponder in your heart and in your mind. Am I living with anticipation? One thing, again, that stands out about these two individuals to me is they were committed and devoted to serving the Lord. They were committed and devoted to serving the Lord. Simeon was waiting and anticipating the promises of God. Anna planted herself in the presence of the Lord, waiting and anticipating the promises of God. They were both committed to waiting in anticipation of God fulfilling His promise to His people. How many of us are waiting, anticipating God fulfilling His promise to His people, to Christians? The Lord said, if I go away, and prepare a place for you. I will. I don't want you to hear that. I will come again. And there you will be with me also. I don't know about y'all. But there are some days. I look forward to going home. I'm done with this mess. But God says it's not time yet. The people of Israel had been through a whole lot. They'd been through captivities. Uh, you know, during this time, there had not been any spoken word from God for about 400 years. So I'm sure some people in Israel, their faith waned, and, and, you know, and some of their, their re realities was dashed upon the rocks. But we see Simeon and Anna, they didn't give up. They were committed and I want to ask you today, as we go into this new year, this new season here at Scottsdale Baptist Church, are you committed with anticipation of the coming of Jesus Christ? I hope you are. I hope you are. While the, while the, while the anticipation besides coming was great for many in Israel, it's great for us today. We read of these two individuals. And we would do well, church, Christians, to learn from them to remain committed to serve the Lord. To devote ourselves to Him. And continue to commit our lives to Him. And again, live with anticipation of the fulfillment of His promise to us. Are we living that way? Are you living that way? 
How are we as individuals and as churches living our lives knowing and anticipating the return of the Messiah, our King? Are we living them with righteousness and devotion committed to Him and anticipating His return, His return for His church? Ladies and gentlemen, that's a question that you have got to answer for yourselves. I can't answer it for you. I can only answer that question for John Mark. And John Mark is looking forward. I've come too far. Yeah, the enemy's going to tell me that, I, that, that you can't do it. He's going to try to make me stumble. He's going to try to make you stumble. But I ask you, I beseech you, I beg you, be a Simeon, be a Anna in this world today. It needs them. And if you're not one today, I'm going to ask you in just a minute as we sing, I want you to come and I want you to, to, to ask God. God, let me be like Simeon. Let me be like Anna. And then, hold on, hold on. And we can wait patiently with anticipation for the return of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads? Father God, I thank you so much. Thank you so much, Father, for your word. I thank you, Father, for the example that Simeon and Anna has set for us, God, and you have showed us through your word. And I pray, God, that, that, that each has been encouraged, those that they may be listening online today, that, Father, they would be encouraged to live like them, committed, devoted to you, living our lives in a right way, anticipating the return of our King. So, Father, if there's any here God, that you're speaking to their hearts, and I hope they're listening, that they will commit themselves more fully and completely to you each and every day of their lives, in the days and maybe years ahead, not waning, but continuing to go forward. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.